When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifflers. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about Domains of Dread. <laughs> so, the new book, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, has come out this week. And me being me, uh, to be honest, it's only been three days, so I've only had time to read the book twice. But Christ. there is... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, uh, I bought this book like um, a year ago. Uh, how many times have you read it, Nathan? Uh, not Zero. even a... 0.1 i guess that, that no i i think i've looked like looked at the cover and literally what happened when i got tasha's collagen was <laughs> i bought I, I looked at the cover i like opened it looked at oh this is pretty nice i closed it and put it in the shelf i've never touched it since <laughs> mm-hmm. i spent 40 dollars <sighs> and i've not touched it a day <laughs> oh boy so yes, Remy, anyway. two, two times over three years. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a lot of really cool shit, in my view, in this book. Uh, honestly, at first I was considering just doing a general review of the book, mm-hmm. but that would be doing a disservice to a lot of the details that really do just deserve their own episodes. So for this week, though, we are going to be doing a Ravenloft-themed week. So we'll be talking about the Domains of Dread in particular today, and then Dark Lords on Thursday. So that being said, Nathan, knowing that you did not read the book at all, I'm still going to ask, what do you think is a Domain of Dread? Well, it's it's this, like, extra uh, spatial space full of dread. That, that Honestly, you're closer than usual. I That was a wild guess, but y- yay. It really was, <laughs> but I... Well done, Nathan. So in all seriousness, a lot of the what and the how in regarding in just how Ravenloft tends to work, is fucking weird. Purposefully so. Like it is literally explicitly written in the goddamn book itself that all of it does not run by normal rules. Just just for funsies, Nathan, can you guess the two word phrase that they use to describe the basis of how everything works. Uh, d- dumb shit. I, I don't know. <laughs> no. Nightmare logic. Nightmare logic. Whoa. <laughs> There's an entire section in the introduction that is paragraphs just talking about nightmare logic and that that's how Ravenloft really works. <laughs> Can you, like, please extrapolate on this nightmare logic of yours? <laughs> so instead of it being, like, explicit, you know, this bad guy has this you know, stat, and it is, you know, this easy for this level adventurers to kill. Most of the stuff in this book 
don't have character sheets. Like, sure, some monsters do, but like all the big bads, for example, generally don't. Explicitly, purposefully don't have character sheets, specifically because it is meant to be run by Dungeon Masters on Nightmare Logic. That this is different genre of gameplay to how most D&D is typically played. Like, we have talked at length in the past about how D&D can be any genre, but all of the different themes of horror are very explicitly spelled out in this book. Like, there's even an entire subchapter on just running different types of horror games where they actually, like, explicitly list out, like, how to use the different types of horror in a D&D game. So they go through for pages and pages and pages on body horror, cosmic horror, dark fantasy, folk horror, ghost stories, gothic horror, and other horror genres. So there's a lot in here that talks about all of it, but I don't want to get too bogged down on some of the other cool details, but in general, I, I really do suggest just reading through this book yourselves, because even horror aside, there is a massive amount of valuable info in here just on villain creation, on extra dimensional spaces, on like how bad guys influence the world around them, how people influence. There's just a lot of just good general DM things, even separated from, you know, Ravenloft specific. But anyway, uh, that is skipping all around. So today, though, we are going to be focusing on the Domains of Dread themselves. So uh, you actually were surprisingly correct that a Domain of Dread is an extra dimensional space. So there is a lot throughout this book about the mists and the dark powers. And those are two subjects (laughs) that really just boil down to there is a border of mist that just is around all of these extra dimensional spaces that are guided by these vague dark powers that you know maybe honestly mm-hmm. i just had this like really random idea just come to mind wouldn't it be funny if, if like all the villains were just like massive vapors and that that's where all the mist comes from <laughs> i don't know why thank but, you um, for that contribution nathan yay <laughs> But seriously, though, what you actually have those be in your worlds is, as always, nonetheless, up to you as a dungeon master. So there is a lot that is suggested and hinted at and explicitly said for some specific aspects in this book. However, again, take everything as inspiration to use. You don't have to use rules as written, especially if you are in a homebrew world then you may not have Ravenloft specifically as an existing thing in your personal multiverse. That being said, I am absolutely planning to use a lot of this stuff in my own world because a lot of it just has rules for specific things like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, or that's a really good way to do a specific thing. So I'm curious, can you guess, Nathan, what is the primary purpose, like in-world, like not in terms of a D&D game, but just like in world, what do you think is the explanation for why a Domain of Dread would exist? It's where we put all the bad people. Kind of, yeah, actually. Well, done. you're on a roll today, man. <laughs> no, no, what? Okay. 
It's just yeah, like I, so- I'm thinking. Okay, I want to punish someone. I, I guess I just put them into this fucking hellscape. That's that's good. Okay. Yeah. So explicitly though, every domain of dread has a central figure of some sort, a dark lord. Exactly how those work, like I mentioned, we'll talk about in more detail on Thursday's episode. But some being does some really bad fucked up shit and are basically removed from the multiverse they are in and the cycles of reincarnation and just locked up in a domain of dread. So the most known example of all of this stuff is, of course, Strahd von Zerovich, you know, Curse of Strahd, that guy. Yeah, Uber Chad, Strahd, the best, best boy of D&D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first vampire, yada yada, D&D Dracula. Like, there's, he's got his own book, you can read about sexiest, that at your Sexiest leisure. man alive. I mean, he he's not alive, but... Oh, yeah, sexiest man dead. Yeah, there we go, undead. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be a funny trophy to have sexiest dead man in? Yeah. You are the most attractive dead person. <laughs> That's... I mean, there's worse titles to have, so I wouldn't say no to that if I were a vampire. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, that distracted me, damn it, Nathan. But anyway, the domain themselves, though, are usually weird as shit. Again, nightmare logic. So I'm just going to use Strahd as the example because it's the most well-known, and also that helps avoid, you know, some other spoilers for the many, many other domains that do exist in this book, because again, most people are at least somewhat aware of the existence of Curse of Strahd and vampires in general. So that's the least spoilery route. So Strahd himself, you know, doesn't necessarily see himself as the bad guy. And that's part of what makes him kind of interesting is the idea that, you know, he does monstrous things and just shapes the entirety of Barovia and just influences everything around him. But at the same time, he ain't exactly living a happy life. And that's kind of the point of the domain. There is a fascinating exchange between the Dark Lord and the domain that they are locked in. Because again, that last sentence, they are locked in. A Dark Lord has immense power over their area. And again, what form that power can take can also be kind of interesting because it doesn't have to be, you know, uber powerful magic user or like actual power power. But anyway, I'm skipping ahead. I'll talk about that more on Thursday, too. But the point being, they're locked in because this is purposeful for them to be locked away. Because, Nathan, if you as a DM have some very influential villain who, let's just say, has some form of immortality that the -hmm. adventurers may not have a way to actually stop, what do you do with such a person? And you banish him to the nether realm. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. But that is actually one of the scarier aspects, to me at least, about the rules as written version of how these domains work. The mists 
Holy shit, man. I just realized something, though. Yes? Like, very often you get all these heroic types going to Strahd's place, but wouldn't it be funny to have, like, a bunch of, like, lawful evil bastards that are sent there intentionally to die? And then you're like, fuck, we're stuck here. Oh, there's this big bad eviler guy. If we take him out, we so, might get to control this place. Put a bookmark in that. We, we'll get back to that very shortly, actually. Sure. But to rewind for a moment, mm-hmm. the mists that are described as surrounding Ravenloft and all of these domains, it's alive to some extent. Exactly how much you decide to do so is, of course, up to you as the DM. But the dark powers, at least, definitely are sentient beings of some sort. They are not explicit in what they can do, who or what they are. So exactly how you might choose to interpret them is, again, up to you. So just for the sake of argument, and just like to give some examples to focus on this, I'm just going to say that let's pretend that the Dark Powers are just... uh, Actually, I'm... Getting ahead. Nathan, do you know who the Raven Queen is? Death Goddess? Yeah, actually. Man, three for three. I am afraid now. Uh-huh. Okay. I am unstuffled. But yeah, so the Raven Queen is a goddess of death. And honestly, one of the deities that just I personally find to be pretty neat. I quite like just her story and her just lore throughout the last couple of editions of D&D. So, like, I if I were to say that the Dark Powers are just an aspect of the Raven Queen, like, that would be something for just my brain person, like, just I myself, to attribute, like, the why and the what of what these Dark Powers want. Because, again, as an outside-in DM, I like thinking about why, you know, beings do things. Like, the idea of just things happening because chaos or for shits and giggles... Like, that just doesn't sit with well with me personally, because just that's the way that I'm orderly. So imagining, OK, so let so for my world, if I were to say the dark powers like are secretly an aspect of the Raven Queen, just, you know, flexing her divine muscle and just doing things that, you know, may not n- normally be allowed within, you know, deific rules. But that's just like her way of kind of getting around such rules. So what these mists are is who fucking knows? I don't really know. And I've reread this a few times. It is weird. And that's okay. Because unlike how I do tend to see D&D, this is a section of, you know, the multiverse where hand wavium and vague shit is fine because Magic and the multiverse itself does not follow normal rules here. And honestly, that's kind of awesome, because as much as I do like having an understanding of the world, like sometimes it's a good thing to just be able to not have to justify things within rules as written to just say the players walk into a dark, spooky house. The moment the last player walks through the door, it slams shut behind them. And as the players turn around, all they see is a blank stretch of wall with no door to be seen. And like, 
Yeah, by rules as written, I could say, oh, yeah, there was a mage hand and then an illusion cast to hide the door. Like, that's not as interesting as just the spooky side of, yeah, weird shit happens here. And the explicit rules as written here to use Handwavium for such things, I actually do consider to be a good thing here for the sake of the stories that are trying to be told here. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I am going to be going against a lot of the things that I have said in the past because rule of cool is okay in Ravenloft. And if you're using any of these rules in your worlds, that's okay. Things don't have to be explicitly defined. Although, again, on the other hand, if you do want to define them just in your own head, just to understand things better, that's also okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that tangents aside, the mists themselves are the border around each of these domains because each individual domain is its own demiplane. And most of these are actually all of them. I think the book says that it is all part of the Shadowfell. So the Shadowfell is like, as it says, like a shadowy mirror of the material plane, like in the normal D&D cosmology. So a lot of extra dimensional planes, like their portals, might still exist in the material plane. But here, your starting location before getting there is in the Shadowfell, which I think is pretty neat. Because a lot of the time, the Shadowfell is also described either as the afterlife or potentially even as just, you know, the gateway to whatever is, you know, a more mysterious afterlife. And again, that gets into, you know, all afterlife, which is its own can of worms. But anyway, so all of these domains, though, might be granted access from the Shadowfell. So it's hard to get there by accident. But that's also where the mists come in, because the mists, again, them having some sentience to them or some awareness to them, however you, again, however you describe that. One of the weird things about the cosmology of general D&D is that 
there are situations where planes might overlap. So some of the examples is that like a mushroom circle on the material plane might, under certain circumstances, allow accidental passage to the Feywild, or that certain spooky places like crossroads and like under the full moon might link to the Shadowfell. So there are pre-existing canonical examples of accidental planar travel. The mists, though, take, can take that a step farther, because one of the weird things about Ravenloft in general is that sometimes outsiders are pulled into the domains, and a lot of the time, that is where the adventurers come into the stories that you're trying to tell in these domains. So, because of the fact that it is Shadowfell, like, I myself immediately see a lot of potential there. So, okay, there's this spooky place, but then adventurers need to get there somehow. So, let's say that there are some adventurers who are, during the pouring rain, just huddle themselves in some spooky-looking, you know, abandoned mansion that they just happen to find just abandoned in some woods. Like, you as the DM can decide, okay, that's a pretty spooky setting. So that might be enough for the mists to reach out and overlap the Domain of Dread with that place where your adventuring party is. So that when the party wakes up, they leave that mansion only to find themselves someplace new, someplace unfamiliar. And that could very well be the intro to the adventure that you're starting. So that's one way to do it. On the other hand, they actually do have a lot of description as well of, okay, what about the other people that exist in the Domain of Dread already? So Nathan, can you think of any consequences of this domain that exists outside the regular multiverse? Possibly having people from different uh, worlds in the same space, from different time timelines or times of the same world in the same space. Maybe. Time shenanigans can get fucking weird when dimensions are concerned. So let me ask you one specific question that I was hoping to guide you to, though. What happens when someone dies in a domain? Uh, they, they, they don't. They, they come back. And then they, 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 they stay in the domain forever. But whoa. <laughs> it's... Yep. Whoa. Because again, I'm right if again. a domain whoa. of dread <laughs> is disconnected from the rest of the multiverse, that includes whatever afterlife cycle is likely to already exist. So if you have someone die, each domain can have its own rules. Like explicitly, this is something that is also spelled out. You can either have all souls immediately just reincarnate into like the next person born. You can just have all souls get just trapped in the mists themselves, unable to ever leave. And another just terrifying aspect to me, it is explicitly said that a lot, most in fact, of the people that are just living in a lot of these domains just don't have souls at all. So, uh, Remy, what does having a soul mean? Well, just depending on just your own personal beliefs, either more or less than you might think. So they actually do pretty explicitly describe 
how it is how it works in some domains here but again you can always define how it works in yours but the general side effect is just that they don't have the spark of life literally so they just are those people that just trudge through going through the daily motions and they just live a completely uneventful life they just have no ambition or just spark of life to them like another way that just it kind of appeared in my brain think like an npc in a video game like <gasps> even if you talk to them they might only have a few scripted lines before they just go back to whatever they were doing and honestly that's something that i kind of want to play out purposefully one day how creepy would it be if adventurers do just go up to someone and talk to them and they just deliver the same scripted line and then go back to whatever they were doing? Even if like Honestly, the adventurers kill someone next to them, like they just save their scripted line and go right back to what I, they were I, doing. I think, I think out of everyone I know, you're probably the best person for such a thing because you'd be like, okay, let me quickly note that down. It's like, you go back to him like a month later, he says the exact same thing. It's like, guys, um, I think he said the same thing again. And honestly, that's something that could be just really creepy just for players to hear, especially, you know, if you do try to say the same line in the same cadence and tone, regardless of the you know, the why, the situation, just welcome to the village. The general store is over there. And then just like they stab the guy in the gut and he's just like holding his wound bleeding. Welcome to the village. The general store is over there. And he just points with the bloodied hand and then just like tries going back to what he's doing until eventually he just bleeds out and collapses. Like that's fucking creepy, especially if you do just describe that, you know, in that slow, deeper tone. Like there is so much potential for just general creepiness with the idea of these soulless individuals on the other hand another thing that is described with that is adventurers who die and get resurrected might know that their body has been revived their mind is alive and they're able to think and understand still but they would just have that knowledge that their soul is still trapped in the midst in the mists and that they know that just they are not whole and what kind of effect would that have on an adventure that's something that you can allow your player to decide how do they want to explore that like does the adventure just have some emptiness inside of them oh no that they might start up. going to extremes to fill do they just start like becoming a little bit more morose as they just aren't able to feel as strongly without that it's fucking terrifying oh no when you stand up you you you, you get dizzy <gasps> mm -hmm. but regardless of exactly how you choose to interpret it just that fact alone that you know souls don't work the same way when disconnected from the multiverse is just real scary to think about especially because there is a few caveats as well dark lords have the ability to kind of open and close the borders of their domain to some extent and again of course you as dungeon master can decide how much exactly so for the most part a lot of these are described as you know they can enter but they can never leave 
So, I mean, Barovia, where Shrod lives, is pretty explicitly described as that, that like adventures occasionally, you know, enter by accident, but then they just can't leave. They can't exit Barovia. And magic itself can also have different interactions within a domain. Because again, the usual description of magic is that there is a weave of energy throughout the multiverse that spellcasters learn how to influence through various means. However, domains are explicitly outside of the multiverse. So the rules of magic itself are often very different here. So they even explicitly mention here, wish even is not enough to escape a domain of dread. No! Which does also make sense if you consider that, okay, if you consider that these domains are supposed to be prisons of the Dark Lords, that, yeah, sure, there's definitely going to be, you know, a Litcher 3 in some of these domains. And then if you do have them have, okay, yeah, Wish, Gate, all of the powerful, you know, magic that does exist in a D&D world, that... Yeah, even that isn't enough for them to free themselves, let alone, you know, player characters or others to be able to do so. Like there is a lot of thought and detail that I really do appreciate just throughout this book in terms of just what you can and cannot do in terms of just magic use. And that also does create some very interesting potential for a dungeon master. Nathan, I'm curious, do you see any of those options? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'll put it this way then. This gives you a location where you can try the weird shit. If uh, yeah. you want, if your normal world is like relatively low magic, maybe there is a particular domain of dread that was created to hold in a lich and that they have gone to extraordinary means during this imprisonment to just like they they themselves are monstrously powerful you know maybe it is like a high magic domain now just over however much time they've been imprisoned here and so it lets you play around with a high magic world but that isn't connected to your regular one to influence other things that you don't want it to. I just thought like this funny scenario where like Blackthorn crafts a spell but makes a mistake. The 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 weave decides that he's bad, and then everyone's sent into it, and uh, like the the thing is teleported into a new uh, dark domain, and everyone's fucked. <sighs> yeah, I mean, if anyone in Riftway could do it, it would definitely be him. And I mean, it's not like he's uh got a perfect record when it comes to the magic <laughs> so yeah it could very well be a thing that you know maybe one day he does try sending you know sending adventurers off to the other side of some portal where shit needs to get done and just something makes a left turn somewhere unexpected like um i lost contact with them i, I can't i can't sense their mana anymore <laughs> uh-oh Oh, I made a mistake. Uh, no, nobody. I think no. that I killed them, but <laughs> I he, don't know he, he where turns they to, went. He turns to Gavin and it's like, "Stop writing that that bad note." <laughs> and then he like snaps the finger. His book catches fire. It's like, "Don't! This did not happen." <laughs> I've never heard of those people, and neither have you. But honestly, the idea of just playing with the rules of magic 
that appeals to me personally because again i love high magic however that is something that a lot of people disagree with me on honestly so having a domain that is the opposite lets me kind of play around in that other type of sandbox of okay this is a much lower magic world like let's say this is a place where most of the people do not have souls so the adventurers have been pulled in and these individuals are the only people to have any amount of magic at all so maybe the fighter has like a plus one sword and that is just unfathomable to the people in this area because they're used to simply dying to monsters and now suddenly there's these just figures as if out of myth that might potentially save them or doom them by drawing the attention of the dark forces that exist. Like, there are so many stories to tell in Dungeons & Dragons entirely, but the rules introduced here in Ravenloft with the Domains of Dread give opportunity for any story you can imagine, even ones that wouldn't normally fit in your multiverse. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.